Welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where we help you find and follow Jesus. He's the author of life, and following him is the only way to live life. Originally, this podcast started as a live stream called Theology Thursdays. It was named that because guess what? We talked about Jesus on Thursdays. So you'll hear that name throughout the podcast. Although the name has changed, it is still the same real conversation about helping you find and follow Jesus. So let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to Theology Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Afternoon, evening, uh, whenever you're checking this out. Late night. Good morning. Can't sleep. You're like, what do I want to do? Check in with Theology Thursday. If you watch this after midnight, put it in the comments. If you watch this after midnight, yeah, I was gonna say just rewatch. I was up past midnight last night playing video games. You were? I was. If you're watching this after midnight, you're probably watching it because it helps you go to sleep. You awake right now? Uh, not really. Not really. My wife had like eight high school girls over at her house, and so I was quarantined. In quarantine, I was quarantined to the bedroom, sub quarantine, playing video games with Jared. Shout out Jared. I doubt he's watching, but Jared and I were playing video games. <laughs> he wasn't there. He was remote. He was at his house. Okay. I was at my house. Oh, you online were playing gaming. Up. And uh, what did you go for snacks? Uh, the girls, I stole their snacks. Right. They had macaroni and cheese and breadsticks, so I stole some of their breadsticks. Uh, our fusion leaders meeting, we had uh, Red Robin catered. We had like we brought it to go. Bougie. And uh, so we had a little left over there. Uh-huh. Um, so you had breadsticks? I had I had a couple breadsticks. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Sharky, did you want to talk about something? Not Kyle. Anything, anything else going choices. on this week for you? I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to Craig had a birthday on Bible. Sunday. He did. Yeah. It's birthday week for Craig. Shout yep. out to Craig on the comments. Has you get a birthday good, week. Has it been a good birthday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, lost a little of my lifespan by being shocked Sunday morning twice by... Uh, I watched the video back. It wasn't that cans. bad. He held it in. I, I, I held it. I held it. First, <laughs> second time, it. not so bad. First you time, terrified? Yeah, he got me. Terrified. Like, besides what? insides. Yeah, yeah. I kind of watched it back. Jump, and I was like, yeah, that... I'm not a jumpy person. I mean, I wouldn't normally... Inwardly, though, I was like... You what? were terrified. Yeah. But there was people, so you had to keep it cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just another year at 45. Hanging another year at 45, lots 45. of practice. That's right. I tell you what, old man stuff. I looked in the mirror this week, I think it was yesterday, and uh, was washing my hands. And I'm like, oh, man, I got a string from my shirt. And so I went to pull it, and it was this long neck hair. Uh-huh. And I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> we need to fast like, overnight, like Jesus. old man problems. So in we John chapter about, 4, we talk about yeah. Jesus. starting with verse 26. He, Jesus didn't really have old man problems. He was like 33 years, good age, yep. I'm out. I'm out. 33 is a good day. To, Before good, the body starts to, exit, to decline. I'm going to be 33 in like four days. I'll just call it quits. Really? Uh, you know? Probably not a good idea. Yeah. Not a good idea. Well, you said it worked for Jesus. So Yeah, he's different. Oh, okay. He's different. Yeah, he's so different. Uh, you should so. stick around. If, if Kyle's birthday is Monday. If you die on a cross and early rise shout again, out, you can call it quits I'll call it quits Right? I don't think I'll try. That's well, uh, awesome. That's what's happening. <laughs> Do you want to? Yeah. We're going to talk about Jesus. We are going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to go take a break really quick. Take a break. So you guys help. Go We've got Landon, who has been coming in the last couple of weeks, volunteering, helping us with some production stuff. Turn that key off, Landon. Landon, how old are you? He's Landon 14. He's 14. He's 14. He's coming in, learning some tech stuff. It's great. We love helping you, Helping out, running the push computers. That, you push that on-air button or that button so back there? Ben may need There to, you go. All right. There we are. Right Thanks, on. Landon. All right. Super great. That's cool. I don't know if anybody else would want to come in person. You know, now we could have people in person if you wanted to come for like a live studio audience, contribute, 
chime in, ask a real question? I don't know. If you do, like, leave a comment. I don't know if that's... Yeah, we'll check them. Yeah. And if you want to come next Thursday at noon... Sure. Bring, a, bring lunch. B-Y-O-L. Bring a friend. You don't... Yeah, bring your own lunch. You don't have to bring us lunch. No, bring your well, own I mean, lunch. Yeah, you could if you wanted to. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to say no Kyle to free food. Got the food on his brain. Breadsticks and macroni, apparently, Landon is his choice of foods. Some food too. Landon wants some food. Yeah, all righty. So anyways, Theology Thursday, if you're just tuning in, it's four guys uh, usually who banter about nonsense stuff and also talk about life in Jesus. And we're just looking at uh, John's eyewitness account of living life with Jesus, following mm-hmm. him around, and with stuff they experienced. And we've just been going through. We uh, left off right in the middle of a story John chapter 4 records it for us, uh, this encounter where Jesus had with a woman. We talked about um, kind of all sorts of stuff last week with racism and inequality with women and how women weren't really counted and were really, but they weren't counted and more like property. And so why is he having this conversation with a, a person outside of his race who was a half-breed, half if you will, who was half-Jewish, half, Jewish, half uh, another race and um, was a lower class citizen, looked down upon. He's out of Jerusalem. He's having this conversation midday with a woman who had uh, had a sketchy past. And so he's he's just kind of, he's going through all of these uh, racial, social, economic, stereotyped barriers to have this personal conversation with Jesus. Um, and it, it, we ended with verse 26, chapter 4, verse 26, where Jesus is declaring that he is the Messiah. He's the one. She was like, we're waiting for this guy to show up and, like, fix everything and make it all right. And he goes, that's me. You're talking says, to him. That's right. two thumbs and is the Messiah? This guy. That's what guy. he said. Is that what is he that said? How he did it? That sounds like a T-shirt. Yeah. I, it does. Is it a T-shirt? It's like a thing. If somebody I, got you that T-shirt for your mean, birthday, would you wear it? That I was the Messiah? No, that's blasphemy. No, I know. It would have to say something different, like of this guy. No. Okay. Just checking. Anyways. So, Jesus, <laughs> make a Jesus is making this declaration. <laughs> Free return on the Zon. Jesus making this declaration to this woman. Uh, basically, it's the period at the end of a very long sentence, which is her personal journey. She has no idea who he is in the beginning, and then incrementally, little by little, throughout the conversation, she has this growing awareness. And uh, I think she suspects that he's the Messiah because she makes comments about Messiah and how they were looking for him. And she's probably in the back of her mind thinking, I wonder if you were him. But she didn't want to go there until Jesus finally said, yep, I'm, I'm the one. I am that Messiah, the one right in front of you. I am and, he. And like a lot of times, we talked about this last week, like a lot of times throughout Scripture, everything's not recorded for us. John just is recording, you know, his take on it, his view. Sometimes it's a cliff note version uh, in the gospel. Sometimes it's a more full, fuller explanation. Um, but they have some some sort of probably lengthier conversation that's what's recorded is my guess. No doubt. Because uh, later she says, he... He told me everything about me. Like, this is just probably just a generalization, too, of like, well, he knew a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, some of the stuff that I was trying to hide, some of the things. Um, but they may have had more conversation in more detail before uh, the disciples show back up um, of her life and story and just going through it, like, to, to like you are saying, Craig, to validate and to prove that, nope, I am the Messiah. Let me just prove it to you with a few pointers here uh, about your story, your life. And in verse 27, the, the disciples returned back and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Yeah, this just goes back to what we were talking about again last week. Yeah. And this, this idea of Jesus crossing these, these tons of barriers. They're like, this is a weird thing for this to be happening. Like, Jesus, why are you as a respected Jewish man, teacher, leader, our rabbi, 
why are you talking to this woman, this Samaritan woman at this mm-hmm. well? They're kind of right. like, hey, that's not allowed. Don't you, talk to women. What are you doing? Right. You and then, then they were all chicken. <laughs> that is my favorite part. You want to say what they thought? I would be chicken too. Be yeah. Like, you, you, go t- you go ask. Yeah. No, you go ask. Hey, you go ask. <laughs> the question. Right? Why? Are, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? Like, why yeah, are you none giving of wanted to do that. any time of day to her? Well, and we talked about this a lot last week. And so if you missed last week, you need to watch last week. It's the best one we've had yet, I think. It was great. It was good. It was really good. Except so, but, for this one. But we talked. No, we're. <laughs> we're off the rails we're not a little yet, bit. We're not, we're not there We yet. can only get better from here. It can only, here. It can here. only go but up he from said he, he, how, how Jesus just kind of flipped the scripts, and he talks to the people that, that nobody thought he should talk to because Jesus is a king, right? He's born in a manger. Like, a king was supposed to be born in a palace. Like, Jesus has done all these just things that weren't normal for who he was supposed to be. And so he's talking to people that he's not supposed to be talking to, and Jesus is trying to, you know, just crumble people's ideas and ideologies of what the world the way the world works and he's breaking down like Kyle said like 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 racial barriers he's breaking down um you know economic barriers he's breaking religious down barriers gender barriers by just having a conversation yep. and so even the disciples were like you're not supposed to be that's not the way we do things we right. don't we don't roll as and, and we, don't, we don't hang down there and the disciples know? really actually don't have any idea what the conversation was like because they went into town to get lunch Yep, and they're they're just showing back up at the point where this woman's come to the realization that he's the Messiah, and the next verse says, "So the disciples are back, and they are amazed at what they see." And then the woman leaves, and she goes into the city, and she talks to the men of the city. Once again, something that shouldn't happen in that culture. Uh, women are not to speak up, not to instruct men, uh, but she gets the men of the city and says, "Hey." I got something for you. Um, I just met a guy. I, he's the Messiah. He told me everything that my, my life's been about, and uh, you, you, need to, you need to check it out. Come see a man who told me all things, verse 29. This is not the Christ, is it? And so she's, she's saying basically rhetorically, Jesus has identified himself as the Christ, and she's wrestling with that reality and realizing, yeah, he must be. And now she's challenging these guys to check it out for themselves. So they went out of the city, and they start coming to Jesus. That's in verse 30. I love, too, this little detail point of John's emphasis where he's making this, where Jesus' words that he's the living water. Jesus is saying, I'm the living water. He's saying to the lady earlier, like, if you knew who you were talking to, you wouldn't be so worried about earthly things. Your perspective wouldn't just be about your need for this moment on a hot day. And, yes, we need water, but it's far greater than that. And in verse 28, she left her water jar. Yeah. Like she came there for yeah, the whole reason water. she was there is right. now zero important. And I think John's just making another point going, oh, she's getting it. Yep. Living water is far greater than the physical water that she needed in that moment. Like, you know, you could read into it. She, it expedited her trip back to the town where mm-hmm. she, like, you could hustle a little bit more if you weren't carrying a, a 40 or 50 pound jug of water. And, you could go and communicate to, to everybody, like, uh, y'all need to come back, come yep. back. See, and that makes really good, that's worth the price of admission right there. Uh, right, we're getting better. Today, we're getting for better. For me today, because the, oftentimes when you meet Jesus, what was important becomes non-important. And becomes less important. Becomes less important. Yeah, Wait, well well put, price of admission. Let's Scott's go. Scott's on Let's today. go together. What was important is not as important. When you meet Jesus, maybe your finances, which were the stable factor that, that controlled everything you did and every decision you make, right. becomes less important. 
because Absolutely. Jesus becomes the most important, and it radically transforms your life, yeah. like it did this lady. I, I think another aspect, though, to observe is, while that's also true, it, it's, I think, true that she intends to come back to her water pot. She's going into town to get the guys. Yeah. She says, come, see a man. So she's, she went into town like the water is not important anymore. Left the water pot behind. I'll get back to that later. I'm going to get some other people to come hear what I've been hearing, to come meet the one I met, to come have the experience I had. And so she's fully intending to bring these guys back out to the well from town. Yeah. So it, automatically in her enthusiasm, she's evangelizing. Well, yeah, because she just has got a, a radically transformed moment. And she just went from, like, an informed faith to, like, a transformed faith. And where she gets a clearer picture of who Jesus is. And I just, I just, my heart's desires for all of us, and me included, but for people who have this wrong idea of who Jesus is, how much he loves you, how much he gave for you, he cares for you, he knows everything about you. Like, uh, John, in his letter, um, uh, I don't know. I'm going to make it up. I don't remember where it's at. If it's in Revelation or one of his letters. Oh, it's in Revelation. I think chapter 2 or chapter 3 where it's a letter to one of the churches. Jesus is talking and John's recording it. He's having this revelation moment, supernatural experience. And he just, Jesus just says, I know everybody's inner thoughts and, and heart motives. So there's no like fooling Jesus from us, but we need to get a clearer picture of who Jesus is. And like you're saying, Ben, once we get a clear idea of like, oh yeah, water, less important now. Yeah, yeah. Living water, most important. Yeah. And I just want people to have a clear, you know, people tuning in, people in my life to have a clue, a better understanding of who Jesus really is. And like your identity is not found in your work or what you can offer to your family. Like your foundation of your identity is Jesus. Yeah. And you get a clear picture of that. Like this lady is having, she sat next to grace and sat next to love and yeah. heard, literally heard with her ears what love sounds like. You know, Scott, to your point, uh, I'm always amazed when people say, yeah, I tried Jesus. Didn't work for me. It's like, well, what did you try? Because the Jesus I met transformed my life. The Jesus I met is compelling. The Jesus I met is not somebody you just walk away from. The Jesus I met in the beginning and have continued to serve all these decades is amazing. So when people say that, I just think, yeah, you were exposed to a caricature, uh, a poor representation. Somehow or the other, you, you did not meet the real Jesus. Yeah, you, absolutely. You got somebody's filtered version of him somehow, or I don't know what happened, but if you meet the real Jesus, you have an experience similar to this lady. And Rodney said online, this is a great point, Rodney. He says, she went there in the heat of the day to avoid people her encounter with Jesus changed her, and she ran back to the city amongst the people. Right. And Absolutely. Brought them out. Yep. Like, that's a transformation. Never thought of it that way, Rodney. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. That's and that's excellent observation. This next part, and then the culmination of the story, probably some of my favorite in, in watching that transformation, because she sits next to love and grace and hears that and has this physical interaction with Jesus, with love and grace. It changes her life. She learns about herself. Tell me, he tells me everything I've ever done, and then she. There's something about that that makes her want to do something with that, that she wants to take this interaction, and she says, this is too good of news for me to sit on it. This yep. is too good of news for me just to go, hey, thanks, Jesus, cool, see you later. She's like, I want every person I've ever met, even the people I was trying to avoid, even the people who shamed me, even the people who might not like me, they need to hear about this truth because this truth is that good. Yeah. And, what, and so she goes to do that to get people to... Hey, you got to see Absolutely. what I see. And man, as a, a as a believer who's been transformed by the, the love and grace of Jesus, man, I remember when I was a middle school student and I 
and I, my life was changed by Jesus, I was obnoxious and annoying about everyone around me. I'm like, so you got <laughs> to hear about this Jesus. My, oh my, my family and my friends were like, yeah, give it a break. We get it. You're this weird Jesus guy now. And like, I just remember to my family all the time, like, no, you have to experience this because this is just, it's amazing. I've never experienced anything like this. And that's what she's doing in this moment. Absolutely, she is. Yeah, she went from a religious conversation, if you remember or read this story before, they were having this, she tried to bring up this religious argument, like, where's the right place to worship? Like, what's the right building? Jerusalem what's the right prayer? Our, our, you know, what's yeah. the right, you know, denomination? What's the, I, I've tried this, I grew up that. Like, she's trying to have that conversation. He goes, stop, stop, not important. Like, spirit and truth, I know you, I know your story, I know you've had five husbands, and the guy you're with now, you're not married to, and all of that, and she runs two people to tell people about Jesus. Most of us, when we've encountered like religious people or church stuff and somebody's trying to get up in our business, we run away and hide because she's seeing the real picture of Jesus. I remember in college, a buddy, they took a family trip to New York. Justin and his family went and uh, he came back and got us some gifts and got some like sunglasses and uh, they were uh, Oakley's. But they were off the street Oakleys. So yeah, they were like, I've had those. They were like fakelys, you know? <laughs> and he got like, I think he got somebody else like a, a tag hewer watch, but it wasn't a tag hewer watch. It was, you know, a $5 watch. Like, and those Togue. broke. The A looks like an O to Togue. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a Togue yeah watch. Those broke and they didn't last because it wasn't the true thing, the real Not thing. Not the real deal. The I've real had Jesus. Num- numerous yeah. Rolexes that were like Ulexes because <laughs> there are you know, a couple things. Fancy. Oh, yeah. So great. But just when you get the real thing, it's so much different than a false, fake version. And she's getting the real Jesus clearer than she has ever understood the Messiah to be. And she runs and she tells people. And and just kind of this ending, we have all these people now, the disciples, her townspeople, having this reaction you know, just this, this response to understanding who the real Jesus is. And, and speaking of reactions, uh, the disciples are a real contrast to her. So her preoccupation was with water when she first comes to the well. And now she has this transforming experience with Jesus. And, and what's really important now to her is this brand new compelling relationship and the physical water in her water pot secondary. Well, what are the disciples focused on? Physical food. In fact, they're encouraging Jesus to yeah. eat. Hey, we just went to town. We got food. We brought it back. You should eat. Like, here, have something to eat. It's We're probably breadsticks and macaroni. Probably, yeah. probably it's probably a Tuesday. It was Taco Tuesday. Oh, oh, bag of tacos. tacos. That sounds yep. good. But again, their focus is on food. And so Jesus is going to do with the disciples what he did with the woman. Shift their focus away from physical food to something much more satisfying, spiritual food. Right. And he starts a new conversation with them in verse 32. Well, and they're having the same thing as her. They just, they're... Their viewpoint is earthly stuff. Yep. They're like, we just went, got food, it's lunch. And he's trying to go, bro, way up here. We live down here. We just think life operates here on earth and through earthly viewpoint. He's like, spiritual, heavenly, you yep. got to elevate. Absolutely. And uh, they they're can't figure it out. They're like, did someone else bring him food? Does he have lunch already? And, Did and, he pack a snack? And like, again, <laughs> you know this. Don- in, in, donkey eats. Uh, like, you'd have to deliver on a donkey. <laughs> That's bad. There's a good uh, name for that, probably. Uh, I mean, you know this in, in nutrition and working out and stuff like that. I mean, they were probably observing, like, hey, how are you? You should be famished. You should be exhausted. You should be tired. Like, we were. We just were walking on this journey, right? You came to this well to get water. We left to go get you food to bring you nourishment, and you're happy-go-lucky. You're talking. You're not hangry. You're not lashing out in anger. Mm-hmm. They're like, how are you doing that? And yeah. Jesus, again, shifts it. Like, 
you think of this nutrients and this sustenance that comes from food and all that kind of stuff. He's like, think about it up here. And again, there's nothing wrong with food and water. We need those. Those are necessities. No doubt they all had a great time, you know, consuming the food and drinking the water and, and probably having a longer conversation than even what John records for us. But Jesus is clearly focused on something far more important than the physical food or the physical water. And if you've ever had that experience where you just have a moment with somebody and you encourage them or what you said or what you did, like if you were able to bless somebody or and it just clearly impacted their life, like that's just a boost of energy. That's just a boost of of, of joy and an excitement. Mm -hmm. And so the yes. quickest way to get your mind off of your, or, or to, to feel better about your problems and your situations is to help somebody else. Uh, absolutely. And love on somebody else. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't need his food. He didn't need that uh, nutrition and nourishment because he got it from doing the will of God is what, mm -hmm. the, is what the scripture says. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree entirely, Ben. There's something really satisfying, down deep satisfying, when you know that God used you to help somebody else find and follow him. Um, I, I've had many of those examples, you know, many of those experiences, um, and and each time I say to myself, and sometimes I say out loud if somebody's around, it's like, this is why I do this. Th this is what matters. This is why I've devoted my life, not not this being a pastor, but this serving Jesus and, and following him and trying to help other people follow him. When When you know that's happening, it's just like, yeah, that's more satisfying than anything this life has to offer. Yeah. He's just saying life is way more than the physical and the earthly things that we think it involves. He's saying it's far greater than food, far greater than water, far greater than status and power. He, he, you know, another place he goes, I don't even have a house or a pillow. And we think life is about how big our house is and how, like, soft and cushy our pillow is. And he goes, I don't even own those. Yeah, I have a very nice it's, pillow. It's where the life-giving, you know, our soul and our spirit. I don't know what you said. I just kept moving along. It's great. And, uh, you know, we talked about the living water inside of us. It, it's far greater than that yeah. is what he's, the point he's making. Later in John, he talks about being the bread of life, another example of it. You know, life's more than just the food we eat and the stuff we have around us. It's far greater than that to be a spiritual, you know, awakening. I think of just the status of, uh, of our country and, you know, locally, but then, you know, country and globally. is like we need a spiritual fix on all of this. Yep. You know what I mean? And just think of, like, people... And where they're at, it's like, it's far greater than whatever we see on the surface, whatever we see visibly, whether it's from rioting or protesting or injustice. Like, there, that is a spiritual issue. Like, there is, needs to be a spiritual fix. Jesus is the one that can heal hearts, change hearts, have transformative faith, not just know about God, but be transformed by God. And that's what we, that's what we need, and that's what Jesus is talking about. And the guys are hung up going, I, I thought we were getting lunch. <laughs> did we yeah. not need to go to town? Did he have food? Did we have to walk down there? We didn't have to walk. Like, that's where I would be. Like, if we could, if you could have saved us some steps, tell us you had burgers in the back here or something. Yeah, do you have a secret stash yeah. someplace that you haven't like, told us about? Just don't get it, you know. Yeah. But Jesus yeah. uses that as a teaching point and kind of going like, yeah, technically I do have a secret stash. You're not tapping into this level yeah. of right. spiritual nourishment and support that you need to. And to Ben's point, you're not understanding that when you're doing the will of God, God's going to take care of the other things. Jesus yep. is going, seek first my kingdom, right? You're so worried about water and food. You're so worried about your paycheck. You're so worried about your, how big your house is that you're missing the point on, yeah, what is the sustenance and, and the nutrients of the life that is way more important than the physical stuff. And if you seek that first, I, I promise I'll take care of the rest. And the food and all that kind of stuff, not that it's not important, not that it doesn't matter. And we not need that all those things. We need those things. Uh, but Jesus says, I'm focused here first because I know that doing that 
is the important role that God has sent me to do. And it's it's easy to get off on that because I do oh, all the time, right? Like we go on vacation with our family and it becomes time. about the event. It becomes about, okay, where are we staying? Where are we going? Really, you go on vacation with your family to be with your family. Right. And to just the emotional relationship is, is really what the vacation is about. But sometimes I'm like, we got to stay at the coolest place. We got to do the right thing. We got to make sure this is really cool. We got to make sure we have the right food. We have the right camp well, set up and all that stuff. And we just like, went camping this last weekend. And uh, you said, you know, Jesus made the comment, I don't have a house or a pillow. Well, I brought my house with me. It's called a travel trailer, and right. I made sure I had two pillows in there because, you know, and then the food, you know, Cindy's all over that. So, like, we have to bring all that stuff with us. I mean, it's not even really camping. No. In reality. But if you and Cindy or just you were to go camping, you might have fun, but it's not as fun as it is with your family, family. and the people around you because it's about you go up camping so you can build relationship and just be together. Yep. Right? Mostly, and eat really good food or gross, bad food for you, but it's a lot of fun. Oh. Not gross. Like, gross for you, but it's really but good But it's food. really good. Donuts well, you were doing awesome. so well, Ben, and so then you just went I, right I, you I brought a dozen donuts camping. <laughs> donuts? Oh, camping? for sure. kind of donuts? Gross donuts. Oh. From Post Wait, Falls. so are they gross or good? Are they They're good for you? They're super good. last name. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Yep. The donut Anyways. shop's called Gross Donuts. Gross Donuts. Phenomenal. Shout out to the Gross family. So if they want to sponsor, sponsor the, We need uh, more sponsors. Sponsor the donuts. Next week, we will put your name at the bottom. Water yeah. sponsor. Let's Kirkland. get a donut sponsor. This episode of Theology Thursday Gross brought to donuts. you by Gross Donuts and Post We were passing them out. People camping next to it. It was great. Hey, listen. So back to I our conversation here. I'm out. I what are we talking off. about? So Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he makes one point. Hey, physical food's one thing, but there's a much more satisfying food, the food of doing the will of my Father and accomplish the things that he has for me to do. Yeah. But he's making another point, and, and, he's, and he transitions in verse 35. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? What's he talking about? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. In other words, he's anticipating what probably was their inward reaction. It's like, yeah, I understand that someday we're going to do God's will. God has a plan for my life. He has a ministry for me, has a thing for me to accomplish in life, and that's future. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll get to that. Like, I'm on my way to that. Like, that'll happen someday. I'm, I'm praying for that day to get here. I hear that often from from people, it's like, I know God's got something for me to do. I just don't know what it is. Jesus is saying, don't, don't kick the can down the road. Don't postpone it. Don't see it as something that will happen tomorrow or four months from now or four years from now. He's saying, look around you. Right now is the opportunity. And he injects a, a sense of urgency. Like, there are people like this woman right here and like all the people in town that she went and shared with that are hungry and needy spiritually. And you don't have to wait for that. That's happening right now. And Jesus is saying, the immediacy, the urgency, the, the opportunity is right here, right now, today, all around us. Yeah, on a, on a weekday lunch break. On a weekday lunch just break. Just a normal day for them. Just passing through. Just Well, I'm just saying it's everyday life. It wasn't a special event. They weren't having a thing. They didn't make something up. They're not trying to manufacture something. It was, we're just going about our day. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, yeah, open up your eyes as you're going about your day. The more that I follow Jesus, the more that I, I just kind of realize that there are not interruptions to life. I've heard, heard that before, like growing up, like, hey, take advantage of the interruptions in your life. Kyle, as you're going through your day, there's these interruptions. So somehow we've artificially made, well, there's my life path, and then God tries to interrupt my life path once in a while, and I should just give him a few more minutes in those interruptions. And I'm just like, uh, I don't see that with Jesus. It's not my life with interruptions. It's like... Well, I surrendered to Jesus, so now my life, I've no longer lived, but the life I live now is in Christ, so I have the Christ life. Right. And there isn't, there isn't interruptions. 
that? Galatians 2. That was oh, like I a, thought you a, sneezed a, into the microphone. <laughs> it's like a whisper reference. Galatians 2 verse what, Ben? 21. 20. Oh. That's what I said. Anyways, but like we don't have this play. artificial like I have 15 minutes with Jesus in the mornings and then yeah. I got five minutes with him at lunch and these interruptions is like, eh, that's an artificial thing. You're not quite getting the whole you died and you no longer live any part. Like somehow you think you're still living and Jesus is part of it. Like surrender fully to Jesus. That's where life comes from. That's where you like open your eyes, live that way. And so that's, that's why I think part of what he's trying to communicate to his disciples, train them on that. It's like, they're like, we're just having lunch. He's like, no, we're always have our eyes open to what God is up to. And I, I think it's important to realize that, that Jesus isn't ever, in a lot of these things we're talking about, condemning us and making us feel bad that we don't do this well. It's, it's just a, a reminder of how good life can be and how when you focus on the right thing, it becomes an amazing, amazing thing. So sometimes I, I, I used to read this, these, this particular passage and be like, well, if I had this experience with Jesus like this woman did at the well, I would be telling everybody, and I'm not doing very good at telling people. Sometimes we get lost on ourselves. And Jesus is really just pointing us to him. That's what we keep calling this. It's a conversation about Jesus. As you begin to think about Jesus and focus on Jesus and focus on how good he is, it lifts you up. So if you're feeling bad about stuff, that's not Jesus talking to you. I mean, if if you feel convicted, that's a different thing. But if you're feeling like, I'm just not good enough at this. I'm not like I'm not spending enough. I'm not seeing what Jesus. If you're feeling bad about it, that's not the point. That's not what, what Jesus is trying to or John is trying to relate to us through the life of Jesus here. He's just trying to say, this is a better life, and once you grab that, life gets better. Mm-hmm. Well, if you start doing that, you're making up your own religious law. Yeah. So you're living under some sort of law, Yeah. and in Christ, there is no law. As a matter of fact, you yeah. referenced so, Galatians 2. Let me just read on that very point. For through the law, I died to the law, verse 19, so that I might live to God. So yeah. the, law, the law is the antithesis of me living, to God, living for God or living my life to God. Paul says, I died to the law. I set that aside. Jesus fulfilled that. And now I am free to live my life for God. Verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. My whole life is hidden in Christ. And every Christ follower, uh, for, for them, that's also true, that, that our lives are, are in Christ, and it's really not our life anymore. It's not us who live, but, but, but Christ living in us. That's a... That's a, Good. that's a difficult thing to wrap our brains around, but it's so very true. That's worth the price of admission, too. You guys are on it today. And, uh, and so this woman is starting to experience that, and then uh, the conclusion of this story is, I love this story, and I keep saying, like, this is, like, my favorite part. Like, this whole thing is awesome. And for, for us and for application and for me personally, I love reading this last part because it really helps me understand, um, again, working on Team Jesus and what that looks like. Because because of this interaction that she has, it doesn't just end there. She, again, she doesn't just take it to the bank and go, nope, that's for me. That was my promise. That was my cool interaction with Jesus. I'm good. I got my eternal life. I got my whatever. I'm going to just continue to be happy. She goes, I need other people to know about this, and I want to share this with people who are all around me. I got the shirt, T-shirt idea, by the way. Okay. You do? Yeah, the two-thumb T-shirt yeah. idea. Team Jesus, two thumbs. Who's on Team Jesus? This guy. It's got to be guy. this guy. Okay, This anyway. guy. Uh, so verse 39, John th- uh, 439, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Yeah. Right. And then it, it goes down, um, verse 42, they told her, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. 
So because of this woman's testimony, because of what Jesus did in her, she tells others, and it spreads. The good news spreads because she is willing to tell other people the experience she had. And I I love this. Again, she didn't know all the answers. She didn't know all the theological things. She She didn't know all the rules, all the things. She just goes... You have to hear about this Jesus. Yep. She just shared what she her knew. story, her story, and what she knew. What she knew, what Jesus did in her yeah. life, what he told her, and many Samaritans believed because she was willing and brave enough to share her story, even with people she probably was uncomfortable around, like Rodney Absolutely. pointed out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's that's typically how it works in I think all of our lives is um, we take somebody else's word for it. We we hear about Jesus. We hear Jesus presented in one fashion or another, and. And like these people in town, they took her word for it, but then they went and investigated for themselves, and they said, you know, it's not just because of what you said, but now we believe for ourselves, and we know that this one is indeed, verse 42, the Savior of the world. And we don't know a lot, but we know that, and, and we know it for ourselves. And I just would encourage all of you who are watching, uh, I, I would encourage you to do your own investigation of who Jesus is, your own investigation of his word. That's what this conversation uh, about Jesus in his word is really designed to help you do, is to read the scripture, wrestle with it, ask questions, um, you know, compare scriptures with other scriptures so that you and Jesus can have a stronger, clearer, better relationship than ever so that you can say, you know, I've heard other people say this, but now I know from myself that this is who Jesus is, and this is who he is in my life. And getting to that point, knowing what you believe and why you believe it, and being committed to it because for you it's, it's real and not just something somebody else said, that's just so very important. Drop I thought the you were, were going to like amen that. I didn't know if you had, I like you had something it. to say yeah. that. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I, I, I love, one of the thoughts I had when you were talking is that um, I love that these aren't just stories that we just read and like, oh, that was really cool for them. But Jesus died for us. Jesus did what he did for this woman for us. Like this is, this is a story written to us. And sometimes we read, I do. Sometimes I read the scripture as stories that have taken place that aren't written to, to me and for me. But this reveals the character of who Jesus is and how he wants to relate to me. So everything Craig is saying, you dive into who Jesus is, that when you're reading the scripture and you're reading the, the, the life of Jesus, he did that for us. Like this is for a purpose. When I believe when he died on the cross, he saw our faces. I believe when he died on a cross, he knew about you and me. He knew about what you were going to face in 2020. He knew about the pandemic and he knew about everything going on that is involving injustice and craziness mm-hmm. in our world. He knew about it. And he said, I'm doing this. So they have living proof that I was here, that I walked the earth, and that I came to save and love them even in 2020. Yeah. Even 2021. Even 2022. It goes on. 2023. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, I don't know if there's more there we could talk about with, you know, like, hey, if I read this and if I feel like I need to be sharing Jesus at every lunch break with every person I come across with, yeah, right? And it creates this artificial yep. religious law, yeah, yeah, yeah. some sort of uh, condemnation, guilt thing that happens to us at times. And we all, we're all susceptible, susceptible to that. That's a lot of syllables there. Um, but, yeah, am I doing it right? Am I doing it enough? I, we get off track and, you know, just don't feel good enough. Like, I find myself I've created some sort of religious law yep. then and some yeah. sort of religious system. Yeah. And we... We're not under that. No. That's not Jesus. 
So if you're making that up, if you're creating that, I don't know where you're getting that and you're reconciling it with Christ because the law has been fulfilled. We're no longer under the law. The only obligation we have is to love one another like Christ loves us. And the following love fulfills all of those laws plus tons more. And if you just think, how do I love the person next to me? Because my heavenly father has loved me so much and I I live from that and out of that and not for that, that it just changes everything. It just changes everything and you can show up and be free from you focused. Am I doing it right? Am I good? Am I not? To like, how can I love you? Like, hey, there's, there's this Jesus that you should know about. And let me paint a clearer picture. Well, and if, 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 if the, the, the point that you hear from this story is I need to go tell my, I, I need to go tell more people. I need to be a better evangelist or a witness or I need to be, if that's the point of the story, I think you're missing it. I think it's what happens to the lady with her encounter with Jesus. And if your encounter with Jesus, if you focus on your encounter with Jesus, that follows. But if you make it about the works and not the worker, Jesus, or the one who did it all and paid the price that Scott said the law has been fulfilled, if you don't focus on the guy who did fulfill the law, then you're focusing on the law and what you have to do instead of looking at it the other way around. What happened to her and Jesus? Like, that, maybe that could happen to me. It's just me realizing how much he loves me and cares for me. Mm -hmm. And then out of that comes the second part yeah. not the second part comes because i didn't feel this well enough and making right. your time feel you're making yourself feel bad so if you don't it's a don't byproduct a lot. yeah yep, it's a byproduct of understanding who jesus is in your life and and having an encounter with him and so being transformed yeah. i think so many people are just know about jesus like they hear about him they've read a few things they've gone to church but they have not been transformed by jesus and so then when you have this incomplete view, and we all have an incomplete view, but I'm just talking about someone who really is on the far side of, like, they're just know of Jesus. They don't know Jesus personally. Like, he speaks to everybody's heart through his spirit and just have an informed understanding, and it's just so lacking. So like you said earlier, Craig, where you're like, oh, I've tried Jesus. No, I don't think you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you tried some sort of version of uh, incomplete view of, like, a religious yep. system that had a Jesus name and a Jesus banner over it. But you haven't, like, experienced the transforming power of Jesus, the love and the grace and freedom, forgiveness and peace and comfort and joy, you know, knowing that, like, oh, we're all guilty, dead to sin, but then Christ rescued us from that, and, like, wow, that changes everything, and I don't have to pay it back at all because I can't and I couldn't. Uh, That's transformative. And then, yeah, the byproduct is, like, you should know about Jesus. Like, you know, he's awesome. And so I think that's the lady's experience. Yep. And the people are, are believing, you know, because and, and of her story. But then also they had a personal encounter with Jesus, too. Yep. Right. They came and they saw. And because of his words, many more became believers. Like, yeah. They had the same experience. It's not just a one off. That's verse lady. Yeah, that's verse 41. And we skipped over verse 40 a little bit because it says they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And we kind of we, we miss the significance of that if we don't pause for a second, because um, the last thing. Jews were supposed to do was even to associate with Samaritans. He shouldn't even have been talking to the woman. Right. Uh, they normally would steer around Samaria in their travels. Now, not only does he talk to the woman, he talks to the people from the town and then stays in town for two days. Like, what self-respecting Jew would do that? Well, the answer is Jesus would. And why did he do that? Because he cared about them and he wanted to help them get off to a great start in their relationship with him. Because he came to bring life, life yep. to the fullest. Yep. And it wasn't an interruption for whatever travel plans they had, you know. And he is on his way somewhere. I the mean, the, the account tells us that. 
but he'll get there well, when he and, gets there. And I love that. That's a great point, Scott. That what's your name? <laughs> Kyle. That's a great point, Craig. He stays with them two days in the middle of their life, in the middle of their environment, in the middle of their culture that he maybe from the outside didn't look like he belonged at. And Jesus, where we think he doesn't belong in our imperfection or our sin or our mess up or whatever culture we've created on the inside of our spiritual life. Like he doesn't belong there. Sometimes we can think there, but Jesus doesn't care. Jesus belongs wherever you're at. And he's going to exactly. be with you in the middle of anything that you're facing, anything that you're going through, even if it's your fault. Jesus is going to be there with you. He's going to walk with you because he cares about you and your soul. Yep, he absolutely does. That's, that, that's a good point. Preach it. Yep. Preach it. That'll preach. And they, you, what do you got? Well, well I was just going to say, they didn't exactly put them up in the Hampton Inn, right? Or, you know, the, the Motel 6 or whatever. There's, there's nothing like that in town. When he stayed with them, he went to their home. Mm-hmm. You ever had somebody come to your home unannounced and, and right away you're starting in with all the disclaimers like, hey, pardon the mess. And yeah, oh, yeah. I meant to get to the dishes. I'm sorry they're piled up. And they're, oh, there's dirty clothes on the floor. I mean, he just walked into their lives as they were, to your mm-hmm. point. And, um, and they welcomed him, and he was okay with that. And no judgment. No, 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 like, I mean, Jesus is full of grace and truth, like we saw at the beginning of John mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And he, he just came, and he accepts them. And I think people felt that and knew that, like, genuinely. It wasn't yep. like, a, oh, hey, I love your house. And then whispered to you, like, man, this is like the dive. This is horrible. You know, like, it was a genuine, like, I love you right where you're at, dirty socks and all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, and that's a hundred percent true. But then he also changes us right where we're at. Absolutely, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that's where we have to hold both of those together. At the same time, is where we will feel like I need to change first in order to come to Jesus because there is a standard of acceptance, yeah. and we just manufacture up something like, oh, to come to Jesus, you got to do X, Y, and Z. But then at the same time, I come to Jesus as I am. But if I stay there as I am, where's the transformative power of Jesus working in our lives and that we're a new creation today and that he is making all things new? And so we have to be able to hold, and it's super hard. It's a tension to always be wrestling with and managing. Like, come to Jesus as you are, but he loves us too much. He died for us. He's put his spirit inside of us so that we could be like him, and we are, but we just haven't fully experienced that reality. And so he's always at work transforming us. And often we start at all the change that needs to take place. Oh, yeah. Not the the person of Jesus. And once we start at the person of Jesus, we can't help but change. So the effort and the work and the struggle and the striving actually comes with Jesus. He he does it because you fall in love with him, and it's like it just becomes natural and by no means have any of us figured it out and no one ever has or will except for jesus when we get on that side of heaven we'll have make more sense of it but when you fall in love with the person of jesus the doing becomes so much more easy out of what he did yep not out of what we do so you can't start at the doing you can't start at what like we say you know god always helps those who help himself like that's dumb that's not in the bible like that's that's why i don't say that yeah well i'm just we we. it's it's heard it's been said so the, the point is you don't start with the doing, you said, I mean, you were t- I mean it's really true. That it's like an artesian well. Yeah, God God loves us enough to not keep us that it's way. It's like a lamp. Oh, <laughs> almost went a whole time, right? We, we did. Like, we always, we, we, we know that there's things in our lives that need to change. So I'm going to yeah. start there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and no. I, those are good intentions, and that's good. And I'm not saying don't, don't, don't work on those things. But that's not where we need to start. Start with Jesus. Start with let, Jesus. Let, You're making a really important point. And, and I think we can illustrate it from our text. So take this two-day experience they have. They could have said to Jesus, hey, we'd like you to stay for a while with us, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a couple days if you if you can do that. Um, but could you just wait outside for a minute because I got dishes to do and a house to clean yeah, up and laundry to fold and I'm really embarrassed. And so would you just stay? I mean, we do that a lot of times. We just keep Jesus outside until we do what we think we need to do to somehow make it. And you're not and making a point physically. You're saying internally we internally, try to do that. Yeah, with our spiritually spiritualized, like, we cut a few cuss words out and we'll do yeah, X, Y, Z. Yeah, let me clean up my act a yeah. little bit. Let me, we'll let get me to a church work building. on the stuff I know I need to work on so that it's an acceptable thing for you to be a part of my life. Jesus says, no, I, I just want to walk in and sit down in the middle of the mess, and then when it's time, I'll help you clean up the mess. Yeah, right? and I think even more to the point, we look at um, the story of his interaction even with the woman. We talked, we touched on this a little bit last week, that he doesn't start with, hey, I know you, and I know all the mistakes that you've made. You've had five men in your house that aren't your husband, or you've been married five times You're with a guy right now. He doesn't start there with her. He yeah, just so starts good. with this personal relationship, and he, he through it, he starts to reveal himself to her as someone who loves her and cares about her and is her savior. And then this relationship is developed. And, I mean, even in the conversation he has, they get there. Yep. That's not the starting point. That's Correct. not the goal. Jesus doesn't interact with this woman to get her to see her, her shame and her guilt and her mm-hmm. frustration. He just goes, I want you to know that I'm your savior and I love you and I care about you. And, I mean, the start of that conversation is a love and a genuine intimacy that Jesus wants to experience with her and does in our life. Too. So great. And just a reiteration of verse 42. It says, um, they said, all the people said to the woman, we no longer believe just because you said it. We believe it because we believe that we have heard it of ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world. This man is legit. This man is it because we had an encounter with the person, the, the genuine person yeah. of Jesus. And that's the end of their conversation, and I'm sure Jesus had many more personal interactions through those two days with people. And oh, they no said, doubt. Same conclusion as yep. the woman, as these others. He is the Savior of the world. Where else are we going to turn to for life? Where else are you going to go to for salvation from the penalty of our sins, which we're all guilty of? Like, where else are you going to turn? What else are you going to turn to? And it's it found in Jesus only. It's the Savior of the world. And I think that's a good spot for us to end today on. And we'll pick up this next story in chapter 4 where Jesus does this miraculous thing. Uh, But again, a lot of people get focused in on the miracle and miss the miracle worker. You made that point earlier about like focused in on, you know, uh, doing versus focusing on Jesus. And so we'll look at that next week. Craig, did you have a, a No, I was word? just going to say, it's, Jesus moves on, and it's a good place for us to stop. So you just said it well. I, I have an encouragement. This is always, like, it's really great for me to read Scripture. It's very helpful. But it, it takes it to another level when I get to sit and talk with these guys or anybody, just have conversation about it. I encourage you, like, just get a friend sometime and just, hey, let's read it and then talk about it. Like, yep. And let's, what, what do you think? And ask questions and have disagreements. And it, it brings the Scripture. For me, this is helpful. It brings it more alive, and I see things that I didn't see and and I'm like, wow, so good. So just a conversation in your house. You don't even yeah. have yep. to record it. That's, why we're, that's you, why we're intentionally doing this the way we are. It's an unscripted, um, it, not just us speaking or teaching or lecturing or preaching. It's us having a conversation so that we can model this for you to do exactly what Ben said. Um, I, I think that, for me, it's true as well. I get so much more out of it than just reading it by myself, thinking about it, praying about it. I mean, that's, that's helpful. Um, that's important too. Yep. But talking with you guys about it, like you point out things, oh yeah, I didn't see that, or hey, that's a good observation, like what Rodney did earlier. So we encourage you to do that. Thanks on for your joining own. us, Rodney. Yeah. And you can even do that via email with people. Sometimes it's easier to shoot an email back and forth, and it's beneficial. You know, there's a lot of ways to do that. So thanks for tuning in today. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. 
share it with your friends, and leave a rating so others can find it as well.